What is up, guys? Welcome back to the newest episode of Chatter from the Cheap Seats. I am here with my compadre, Sammy Morris Crimpstein. The date is Sunday, March 14th, Selection Sunday. We're going to talk basketball. We're going to talk baseball. We're going to talk football. And we're going to talk about how Sammy's day is. Sammy, how is your day going? I have had a very good day. Good week, actually, because the weather, I mean, it has been gorgeous. Every day of the week, I've been able to get out to play baseball. I think every day of the week, including today, I got, got to throw one of my first bullpens in a while, which was awesome. So it um, it has been amazing to get out You know, every week, get outside again, breathe the fresh air after being locked in the house for the whole winter. So finally feels like things are kind of getting better on the weather front. But I am also sad today because, as Jack already mentioned, it is Selection Sunday. And usually, for me, uh, not last year because it got canceled last year, but usually for me, Selection Sunday is a day where I can look and I can be like, yes, Kentucky, which I'm a Kentucky fan, is a two seed, a three seed. At worst, maybe we're like a four or five seed. That's like the worst it's ever been in my life. This year is the first time in my life that Kentucky has not made the NCAA tournament. It was a brutal year, and we don't really focus on college sports too much on this podcast, but, man, I could go on and on about everything I am just so frustrated about with this team, but um, it was sad for me watching all these other teams, hearing them like, yeah, North Carolina has been in the tournament for like 20 straight years. I'm like, oh, my God. We didn't get in. Sammy? And no Kentucky and no Duke, unless I, I believe so. Yeah, no Duke, no, no Duke, Kentucky. No Kentucky. Sammy, I think you're being a little of a little bit of a spoiled brat here. I'm going to be honest. First time in, oh, my God, never been. We've never been in my entire life more than a four-seat or a five-seat. Sammy, I had to deal with, from the time I was born to maybe the time I was 10 years old, NIT brackets every single year for Florida State. Finally, Leonard Hamilton turns the program around, and we're not going to be seeing anything uh, outside of Sweet 16 births for the next 10 years. I'm excited. Colorado's tough. Sweet 32. Uh, sweet 32. Round of 32. Yeah. Sweet 32. Round of 32. But I think I think Florida State. I mean, they should be favored. They should they should make it to the Sweet 16. I will be upset if we don't make it to at least the Sweet 16. So. A sweet day for Florida State fans. Not so sweet day for Sammy. Sammy, it was a sweet day for Taysom Hill and a bittersweet day for Drew Brees. Where do you want to start? Let's start with Drew Brees. Drew Brees is the headliner. He has today officially, we kind of saw it coming, you know, when he walked out of that last game uh, against the Buccaneers at uh, the Superdome. But today it is official. Drew Brees announced with a video from his kids, which was pretty cool if you haven't already seen it. Uh, but Drew Brees is retiring from the NFL. It's ha- happening. And it's, I think, for all NFL fans, to be honest, pretty bittersweet because for uh, people our age, you know, teenagers, people, I, I, I th- I'd say from like anywhere from like 12 to like, I don't know, 18, 19, like the Drew Brees is one of those quarterbacks that we have grown up with. We have been watching Drew Brees our entire uh, life as a football fan. I mean, all these guys, Aaron Rodgers, 
Drew Brees, Andrew Luck, who already retired, which was that was a crazy thing. But um, you know, Peyton Manning, Eli Manning, like those were our guys. Those were the guys we watched when we were little kids, and those were the guys that got us interested in the NFL. Those were the first highlights we ever saw. It was Drew Brees making plays. It was Aaron Rodgers making plays, which he still is, unfortunately for me, doing. But um, it, it's bittersweet, I think, for everybody. He had a great career, obviously. I mean, that's that goes without being said. But it, it is, it's sad. Um, I'm excited to see what he does in the future. I, I think he's going to be doing some broadcasting, which quarterbacks make great broadcasters. I Jack's not a huge fan, but I I, I think Tony Romo is one of the best stick uh, is color commentators in uh, in the NFL as a former quarterback. So I think Breeze will be pretty good in that department. But uh, definitely a sad day seeing a guy of his magnitude. You know, he means so much to a lot of people retire. So that, that is what I have to say about Breeze. It's sad, man. We're seeing all the quarterbacks of our generation kind of on their last legs. Who's, Aaron Rodgers, who's Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, I think, or the uh, Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, yeah. but a lot of them, Ben Roethlisberger, probably his last year. Tom Brady, you know, he's like 43. Who Aaron Rodgers is getting up there. Eli Manning is retired. Andrew Luck is retired. Matthew Stafford is kind of another guy that's still going. He's still pretty young. It's surprising. Matthew Stafford. He's- not no, young, young, but like I think he's younger than 33. Yeah. He's 33. Like 33. Okay. I mean, that's not young. Matt Ryan, another guy. The quarterbacks yeah. of our generation, Sammy, are sort of all transitioning into that 35 yeah, yeah. age range. Yeah, that's so tough, it, man. I mean, it is tough now. Let's talk about a quarterback who just got the bag, Sammy. Taysom Hill, $140 million extension. Question mark, question mark, question mark. What do you have to say about this? That's ridiculous. Yeah, so this it may on the surface sound like what what's happening? One hundred forty million dollars for uh, Taysom Hill, who started like less than ten NFL games at quarterback, right? I mean, but uh, no, this is going to be a move that is going to save the Saints some money because it, um, the Saints gave him a voidable extension. Um, which I, I'm not an expert in any of this, but I think it gives him a lot of freedom with a lot of things. And at the end of the day, the Saints will be saving $7.5 million against the cap this year. And, you know, if you've been following it all, you know, on the economic side of things of football, the Saints are in a tough situation. They're right up there with the Eagles, maybe, in uh, a tricky uh, salary cap spot. The Bears are up there as well. Uh, but a lot of teams have been trying to shed it. This is uh, unbelievable as it may sound. This is a way for the Saints to cut down on some money um, to maybe save. And, you know, I, with the Russell Wilson sweepstakes going on, right, we talked about this last week, the Saints were on his list. Drew Brees is now retired. They have two options. But I think the Saints may make an effort to get Drew Brees. I, like, I – it could, it could happen. I'm not I, like if Drew Brees is going to be the quarterback. Obviously, that's out of the question. But now that he's gone, you're not quite sure if Winston or um, Taysom Hill is going to be your starter next year. Like maybe, but Russell Wilson is not. Now you know they're shedding some cap, so that's a possibility for the Saints. 
now that Breeze is retired. But this Hill contract, weird, but at the end of the day, it does make a little bit of sense for the Saints. It does at the end of the day, man. I mean, my brain, the extent of my brain ends at luxury tax manipulability in baseball. Don't get me started on like cap room stuff in football. I have no clue. I I mean, it's pretty confusing. I don't, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to learn more about it as I go in my journey in life. (laughs) I'm trying to learn more, but it's, it's a lot. It is a lot. You see players get cut that are talented players that should not be getting cut because of cap room. You see players get re-signed that maybe should not have gotten re-signed, such as one Cameron Newton, Sammy. Cameron Newton will earn $5.1 million if he's healthy and on the roster uh, as a backup, but he has the upside to um, $6.6 million if he starts every game and $8.6 million if he starts and the team makes the playoffs Plus, he can earn a total of $13.6 million with incentives. And I don't even think I said that he resigned with the Patriots. Yeah. Cam Newton resigned with the Patriots. Yeah. Um, so when this deal happened, like maybe what, eight months ago, nine months ago, whenever it was when this deal happened, I was the most skeptical of it. And I think for a well reason. But I'm gonna still give Cam Newton, even though I was skeptical of him last year. I'm going to still give him a chance because this was a very weird year. We have to remember that. And yes, they did play their full season. They got through all of the games that happened. Unlike baseball and unlike basketball, even though they're missing only a few games, but it was still a weird season. A lot of strange circumstances. The Patriots were missing basically half their defense. That was a huge story when it happened. So I don't think Cam Newton's going to be out, you know, playing like he was in 2015, MVP Cam Newton. He is not a mobile quarterback anymore. As much as he tries to be, like, he, he's not up there with these other guys like Mahomes, like Jackson. He's not there. He has taken too many hits, too many injuries. And, yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't think this is a great deal. I mean, I don't think they should have brought him back in the first place. But we have to give him a chance just because injuries, COVID, it's been a weird year. So, at the end of the day, it was obviously a bad year for Cam Newton, but he's talented, right? If he can avoid injuries, I, I'm going to give him another chance to be decent and possibly lead this team to maybe the seven seed, six seed in the AFC. Because like Jack says, and maybe we'll be stopping this phrase eventually, but never doubt Bill Belichick. And never maybe, bet against my never, never bet against Belichick. And um, I don't think we should make the mistake here. I, I think we have to give him and the Patriots the benefit of the doubt. Now, I don't think that Cam Newton will be the starting quarterback for the Patriots. I think that yeah. I will bet money that Cam Newton starts less than half amount, half the amount of games for the New England Patriots this season. Yeah. I don't think I don't think they're going to go with Jared Stidham, but I am I'm pretty confident that the Patriots will end up drafting a quarterback in the first round of the playoffs, just because when was the last time that Bill Belichick had a pick this high to play with? And I I'm pretty confident that they're going to maybe end up with Mac Jones or Trey Lance, someone like that. Maybe they trade up for him. I don't know. I just, I don't think he's going to be the only guy. So for the Patriots, um, if Cam Newton's not the starter, what route do you see them taking? Do you see them pursuing free agency? Maybe some guys trying to give, some guys who have maybe been slept on a chance to shine, 
or do you think their route, like you were kind of saying, is through the draft, maybe like a Mac Jones, like you were saying, maybe like, I mean, maybe Justin Fields will fall, maybe Trey Lance will fall. Uh, a lot of things are on the table. What do you think is the best option for the Patriots um, in terms of quarterback if Ken Newton is not going to be the guy? So like I was saying earlier, the Patriots and Bill Belichick have not had a pick this high with the play within a while. So I think they're going to take full advantage of that. I, I can see them going with Mac Jones out of Alabama, maybe trading up for a Justin Fields or Trey Lance type. But I am I do not think that Cam Newton will be the only quarterback in competition for that starting job come time for Patriots season to start. And I, I don't think that the Patriots view Jared Stidham as a, as a realistic replacement. So in free agency, if the Patriots were to go down that route, I'm looking at a list of quarterback free agents right now. Who out there do you think is worth it for them to try? And uh, Jameis Winston's a free agent, right? Um, you got some guys like maybe Mike Lennon, who was not good at all. But a name that comes to mind for me, Mitchell Trubisky. Oh, my. Could he be a Patriot next year? The MVP, baby. MVP, man. Well, what do you think? Mitchell Trubisky. Not not, not MVP. Don't, don't mistake it for MVP. It's MVP. Nickelodeon's most valuable player. Yeah, but like, think about it. If the Patriots are to pursue a free agent, which who knows if they will, but if that's the case, Newton's not going to be the starter. You want to bring in someone. He is one of the best QB free agents on the market, 100%. He's one of the youngest, uh, I think, still high upside. He's mobile if he can stay healthy, which is an if, you know, but he's been decently healthy throughout his career. Mitchell Trubisky can maybe turn his career around with a Bill Belichick pairing. I mean, it might seem crazy because, I mean, the Bears said today they are not re-signing him. That ship has sailed. It is, it is gone. You can't even see it anymore. So Trubisky to the Patriots, question mark, Jack. No. <laughs> Is that all you have to say on that? Yeah, I don't think that the Patriots are going to pursue a quarterback in free agency. I think they're much more likely to get a young, controllable quarterback through the draft, and I think that's what they're going to do. I think Bill Belichick wants to develop talent. All right, now we had another extension, and this one makes plenty of sense. It makes all of the sense in the world because this guy's a stud. He's on one of the best teams in football. Aaron Jones has re-signed with the Green Bay Packers, four years, $48 million. I believe this is today's news. may have been yesterday, but um, pretty recent news here. Aaron Jones, he's a fun guy to watch. He is He crushes your soul in the division, even with a defense like the Bears. He is um, he's a really good running back. And I'm going to ask you, Jack, because we've talked about this a lot on our show. Extending running backs, giving these running backs a lot of money is always something that could be perceived as a bit of a risk. One, injuries. Running backs are very injury prone, you know, just because of how much they're moving across the field. And it's shown running backs get injured a lot. And also, uh, you know, the argument is that it's not as much about how good your running back is. It's more about your O-line. So what do you think? I mean, the Packers obviously have a great O-line. Do you think this is a good move, or do you think they're taking too much of a risk by giving Aaron Jones, a running back, almost $50 million over four years? 
It's a little bit of a risk, and Aaron Jones is a fantastic running back. He's an all-around stud. I'm not disputing that point, but the Packers are pretty loaded when it comes to the running back position. They have, obviously, Jamal Williams, and then they also drafted early in last season's draft, A.J. Dillon. They have two very solid running backs that I think can come up and be serviceable running backs. I think I would have liked if, instead of extending Aaron Jones, maybe they go after one of those wide receivers like, Juju Smith Schuster. They don't, they can't afford Kenny Galladay. But I think that would have been a little bit of a better move than to extend Aaron Jones because they would have been fine going with Jamal Williams and AJ Dillon at running back. Do you think they should have tagged him? No. Because if you tag him, if you tag him, I think that's the worst of both worlds. You're not locking him up, but you're all, you also are paying him a lot of money. So you won't have the cap maneuverability to go after another target for Aaron Rodgers. I think you either don't lock, you don't sign him at all. And then you go after a big wide receiver or you sign him up, you you sign him up, you sign him, you lock him up and he's the quarter and he's the running back there for the next couple of years. But I don't think you franchise tag him. Yeah. I mean, I I think with the Packers, I think with a lot of teams, I'd say spend your money on O-line. I mean, we've seen a lot of guys, O-line guys get cut this week including um, two of Kansas City's best, including um, former number one round draft pick, uh, number one draft pick. So, you know, I, I think the Packers, though, they have the O-line, right? If they can stay healthy, I mean, Bakhtari is one of the best in the business. He is very hard to defend. And, they, I mean, it's a crew that has worked together very well for the past few years. So the fact that you have a good O-line for the Packers says to me that I'm fine with going out and spending that money because yeah, it would be nice maybe to get like a Juju Smith Schuster, but like one, how much would Juju want to go to a place where he's not going to get as many targets? He is going to be the number two option. Obviously. Um, I think he wants to be the star of the show. Obviously. I mean, he has a TikTok. that that's his whole thing. I mean, <laughs> that, that that's Juju's whole MO. So for me, extending Jones makes plenty of sense. Uh, for Green Bay, you already got your the best wide receiver in the league in Devontae Adams. That's not somewhere where you need to spend money or time. You're set there. Uh, Valdis Scantling's a good number two, underrated. I like him. I have no issue with Valdis Scantling. So I, I like this move. Uh, I have no issues with it. And before we move on to baseball, let's talk about the franchise tags because we had our deadline on, I believe, Correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I think it was Tuesday. It was, was the franchise tag deadline. Yes. And, and we had some pretty notable names. One that Jack will be very happy about, Leonard Williams. One that I will be very happy about, Alan Robinson, even though he is not very happy about that, which we'll talk about. And Chris Godwin, I think there were nine other ones, including technically Dak, but he got extended, which was right after we recorded last week's episode. So we're not going to focus too much on it, but Dak did get extended breaking news um but uh you know yeah, that came out like Williams. right after we recorded that was awful i saw the news like we literally clicked ended we clicked end and then i saw the news and yeah. i'm like oh no yeah so leonard williams chris godwin alan robinson these three guys um who, who's your favorite of these franchise tags which one do you think makes the most sense i'm sure i mean to me it's kind of leonard williams it's gotta be yeah i, I mean 
Len Williams is a no-brainer. He's been so dominant for that Giants pass rush all year. He makes complete sense. And something that I'm a little excited about, Sammy, you know, Allen Robinson, Chris Godwin, both getting franchise tagged, kind of was a buzzkill. But no Galladay. He's going to hit a free agent market. Yes. Where are some options that you would like to see Kenny Galladay? I'm going to be honest, and this is going to make you very happy. I would like to see him in a New York Giants jersey. I think that would look very cool. It's not going to happen, but it could. It could. No, it's, yeah, not, you know, it's not going to happen. They're not going to show out the money for him because they also want to re-sign Dalvin Tomlinson. I think that if they do end up with a wide receiver, it'll be maybe a lesser grade wide receiver. Still a good wide receiver, but I think I don't think the Giants have. They don't have much cap room to be honest. I, I mean, in, in terms of where I'd like to see him, I'd like to see him there because you have a quarterback like Daniel Jones, um, who, who's a guy who's never really had that great of a receiving core. And you just think maybe he will really um, have this great year if he gets a good number one wide receiver like Galladay. And Galladay is a guy um, who I think is more valuable than the rest of some of these wide receivers. He's up there with Allen Robinson because he makes catches that aren't necessarily catchable which is what you want, especially with a younger quarterback like Jones. Not every throw he's going to make is going to be perfect. So you're going to need a guy like Galladay to go up, grab those 50-50 balls. I mean, he's a fun player to watch if he can stay healthy, which he did not this year. That was unfortunate for him. But I think Galladay would make a lot of sense for the Giants, maybe not financially, but um, in terms of football, in terms of um, Daniel Jones getting a good receiver, I think that would make perfect sense. And I think the Giants may be willing to sacrifice now that they have uh, got you know they have Williams for another year. They may be willing to sacrifice some things, some some things on the defensive end because that was not their issue. They're well coached on the defensive end, and they already got some studs. I, I don't think the defense is the focus. I think they have to really, if they want to be competitive and win a very winnable NFC East division, I think getting Kenny Galladay would make a lot of sense and it can make the giants um, really bolster the offense and make them a competitive team. Okay. I mean, I'd like to see him there too. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I would absolutely love that. And Sammy, let's move on now to the baseball. We got an interesting thing for you guys. So we're going to do a draft of former MVP. So we're each going to draft nine position players, one starting pitcher and one reliever out of a player pool of every player to win the MVP from 1900 to now. So the only players that we can pick are former MVPs from the year 1900 to now. And Sammy, we're going to flip a coin to see who has the first pick in the draft. Wow. I'll give it to you. Heads or tails. This is hard, man. Uh, Tough decision. Gotta go tails. Yo, tails never fails. Siri, flip a coin. It's heads. Oh. It is heads. So I will end up with the first pick in the draft here. And, you know, I did a lot of research on this. I have my draft board all picked out. And I don't think this is going to be a shocker to anyone with the first pick in the 2021 former MVP players draft. I draft the right fielder, Babe Ruth. Yeah. No surprise. All right. Um, second pick. Now this is tough. I, I'm thinking of two guys, 
but I'm gonna have uh, tough decisions, tough, tough decisions decision here. And you know, this isn't really, I mean, this guy was on the juice, obviously, but um, he's arguably, you know, just forgetting steroids, the greatest player of all time. I'm gonna have to go with Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds. He was on. He was on my board. That's a solid pick. I think. Barry that Bonds. And I, it was tough. I wanted. Yeah, to take, that is tough. I wanted to take someone else who I'm not gonna say in case you don't pick him here. But um, I, I'm gonna have Bonds, and I'll put him in. Uh, I don't know right field. I guess it just says outfield. I'll put him in right. Yeah. But he was not a center right. fielder, obviously. All right. So not a center fielder. Barry Bonds, bro. Right. We're not taking care of teams after, man. This is very stressful. Oh, it's getting. I'm getting nervous. I leverage. I'm getting nervous. Okay, I'm actually going to put Bonds in left field. There's Bonds. two guys. There's two guys that I am debating between. Um, both of them. You know, I think both of them would be solid picks. I don't think I could complain with either, but I think both of them. God. I mean, but I'm just looking at both of their baseball reference right now and comparing them, and it is crazy. It is nutty just looking at their baseball reference. Oh, and my God. We're going to have, like, one from each position, right? Like, not, like, just yeah. a bunch of outfielders. All right, that makes sense. Yeah, but you can have, like, like you. I mean, you have to have a center fielder, but if you, like, draft a right fielder and, like, put him in left, like, if he's, like, can play left, you know, like, that's fine, yeah. right? Like, yeah, yeah, that's kind of what I'm doing with Bonds. Okay, I know who I'm going with. All right, the pick is oh, we, we need the third we need, pick. We need the sound, uh, the the sound effect. The chime. Sammy, make make the chime with your with your mouth. Make the chime. Ready? <laughs> with the third pick in the 2021. I'm Roger Goodell, by the way. Okay. I'm more of an Adam Silver type. You know, I'm gonna yeah. lose my hair at an early age. <laughs> the third pick in the 2021 MVP player draft. I will draft Ted Williams. Oh. Wow, Ted Williams. All right, that's a solid pick, right? Like I, I, I have no, I have no reservation. Oh, have... All right, now there's one guy I definitely want on my team, but I don't think you are going to take him because Ted Williams. Where are you putting him? He's he's gonna play left field for me. All right, so you have no more corner outfielders. Am I correct? No more corner outfielders. All right, so that means that the guy I want to take, um, you can't like. Bryce Harper, you can't put him in center field. I'm going to be taking probably with my last pick in the draft, Harper, because you, you can do nothing about it. Unless you, maybe you could put him at DH. So maybe I should take Harper. I, I, I'm not drafting Harper. You're not drafting I'm Harper? I'm not drafting Harper. Man, that 2015 no. season was pretty good, bro. All right. Uh, but we're, we're not, I'm, I'm not based, drafting Harper. We're not going based off of 2015 season. We're going based off their career, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you know. Uh, let's see, based off career. Well, okay. There are the thing is there aren't a lot of shortstops. So right now I'm kind of thinking shortstop uh, is not a deep player pool, and I know I'm pretty sure I know who you're gonna go with at shortstop, but I'm fine with. I have two solid picks. I'm fine with either of them. Yeah, I mean, I I, I think, I mean, you know how I'm gonna take a shortstop. I don't think I'm gonna take him yet. Uh, I know what, but but I know what shortstop you're going to take. So you better be you careful. Know, you know exactly what shortstop I'm going to take. I know exactly what shortstop you're going to take, and I might I might just take him next pick. Well, now I'm going to take him. Ernie Banks is going to be my shortstop. That's a little. I'm I'm getting in your head here, Sammy. You are. But you know what? I I think you got to take a shortstop early. 
Ernie but Banks now is, I don't have Ernie to Banks take a shortstop the, early because I is probably the he's one of the best shortstops ever. I and I think top three possibly. That's fair. That's I mean no yeah he is top three. Yeah, like, one unless, of, I, he could be number one. I think there are a lot of guys. I mean, if, yeah, that's a whole nother conversation. But that's I, a whole nother, nother, nother conversation. He's but now I don't have to draft a quarter. I don't have to draft a shortstop for. Well, I have time here, and oh, I just had a scary thought. Oh no! I just had a thought. Would you consider now? I'm not going to draft Smith yet because you already um drafted your shortstop so i can wait would you consider alex rodriguez as a shortstop yeah i, I think i think if he's played there at some point in his career oh god like okay yeah i was thinking honus wagner honus wagner has never won an mvp so hey wow that is surprising he he's came in second place third place and eighth place this is a tough thing that we're doing here. This is tough. Okay. It's so, not easy. No, I, it's I, not I, easy. I, okay. I'm going to think here. Uh, okay. So I have, I have Babe Ruth. I have Ted Williams. Okay. You know, there's two very good center fielders that I think I could take either of them, but I think pitching is not that. I think pitching is pretty. Um, well, we only need two pitchers. Pretty shallow though, so I might want to take a pitcher. I think there's a big difference in who's the greatest pitcher to win an MVP. So, and I'm pretty confident with. I, I'm pretty confident that I have multiple selections at every position that I would be fine with. Except, okay, I'm gonna do some last minute comparing. There's two different players that I think I want to see their baseball reference pages because I think you might take one of them. Like, I'm pretty certain that he's going to be high on your list. And I feel like I'm going more throwback retro players. You're Whoa. going more, like, modern players. So it's going to be interesting. This is. I mean, I, I think this is a fun fun little thing we're doing. Yeah. Um, okay. I've. Um, okay, I know who I'm going to go with. All right. I'm going to go with Lou Gehrig. Oh, fair. Oh, whew. so first my base. team's stacked, man. Oh my god. Well, all first these base. Are be stacked. It's the, it's the MVP draft. All right, I'm gonna take because at this position it is very thin, and I am not okay. Is with it catcher? Anyone else? It is catcher, and I'm taking the goat, Johnny Bench. Damn it. Yeah, bro. I'm still you, fine with my second my second place catcher. Like he's still, you know, amazing. So I'm still fine with him, but I, I wanted Johnny Bench. Yeah, I mean Johnny Bench, like I mean, who else? Roy Campanella. I mean, not nearly as good. Um, let's see. Ivan Rodriguez. I mean, I, I would have been fine with uh Pudge, my boy. Yogi Berra. Wow, I didn't realize he won three MVPs. Yogi yeah. Berra, Sammy, you're just giving me options here. I would stop talking. Yeah, all right. Well, uh, my pick... my team is just gonna be all Yankees. <laughs> yeah, that, that's definitely that's definitely facts. Although you have a Red Sox, so that's not that's not even true. Do All Star Game MVPs count? No, All Star Game MVPs. Do Mike not Piazza. Count? Mike Piazza is out of the discussion. Okay. 
Mike, why would you take my? I mean, there's so many better options. I mean, no offense. I mean, Piazza, I mean, 427 home runs, career batting average of 308, but I don't I mean, know. There are guys. There are guys. Okay, so I'm going to take a starting pitcher here. I'm going to take Bob Gibson. All right. Yeah, he's he's one of the best. He's the greatest pitcher to win the MVP of all time, I think is fair to say. I yeah, think I mean, there are some pretty good ones. I mean, Kershaw's one of the good ones. Kershaw, yeah, but is he on the same level? Uh yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. Okay, All right. So. I'm thinking I'm thinking someone here. I am thinking someone and I'm pretty sure I'm going to do it here. All right. Oh god. I'm thinking a first baseman. Um I know who you're going to go with. Let's see. I'm just making sure here I want to do this. I'm just looking at baseball reference. Yeah. I'm going to go with god, one of the best. Frank Thomas. I mean, wow. Frank Thomas is uh, one of the best. Seriously good. Seriously. I don't think that was a good pick. I think that was a bad pick. I'm going to be honest. I think that there were better options. I think Albert Pujols would have been a better selection than Frank Thomas. I don't know. Frank Thomas, let's let's look at his. Was stuff. Albert Pujols on your board? Like, were you aware? Of, like, did you yeah, think I was about- aware of Albert Pujols, obviously. Um, 521 home runs, 301 average. OPS of 974 for his career. 156 OPS plus, Frank Thomas. Tell me that's not ridiculous. He got on base 42 really good. time. Frank Thomas, I let me look at pool host real quick. But I, I have a feel, I mean, I don't know, man. I mean, obviously, uh, pool host has close. more Pool host has more home runs. It's close. I, I mean, I'm not going to, like, I don't think it's a that bad a pick, but I think that, I don't know. I think there's better options, but. I like Tom. Dude, I, I Thomas is one of my favorite players. Here, let me just take a look at Pujols right here. Albert Pujols, Pujols, career stats: six sixty two home runs, two ninety nine average, nine twenty four OPS. So I mean, he's he. I mean, OPS wise, which is a huge and and on base, which obviously complement each other, but um, he is a peg below Frank Thomas. I mean, Frank okay. Thomas Jip. Frank Thomas was a different breed. Okay. I mean, okay. Shorter career as well, so not as many home runs. Yeah. But uh, you know, I, I yeah, I, I'm I'm gonna defend that pick. I, I like him. He's he's one of the best. I, in my opinion, the best first baseman of all time. So. Okay. Have you had any player? Have I said any players that you kind of kicked yourself like you wanted? Not really. A pitcher. I feel like um Gibson. I would have wanted obviously, but um. I think you might kick yourself over this player. All right. Have you drafted a center fielder yet? Yeah, you know, ah, you know, take him. It's okay. What? What? Oh, yeah, I'm gonna kick myself. <sighs> the most. Like, yeah. Uh, why did I do this, bro? The most well-rounded player ever. He has elite Jack contact. Bradley Jano. <laughs> elite power. Elite <laughs> defense. The greatest center fielder of all time. He's fifth. With 660 home runs, has a career 302 average and a career 156 OPS plus, but he is such a good defender. Arguably the second best player in baseball history. Arguably the best player in baseball history among all outfielders. Fangraphs only credits Andrew Jones with providing more defensive worth. He is third all time in WAR with 149.9. Upon returning from the military. In 1954, he didn't have a bad season until 1967 when he still recorded, and his bad season 
was a 124 OPS plus and a 4.3 war at age 36. Didn't give the New York Mets much in his final two seasons, but nobody should hold that against him because he is a durable star, played in 2,992 games, and he is on baseball's Mount Rushmore. Willie Mays. Willie Mays. Yeah, Thank you, you know, I honestly thought you were going to take Trout. I wasn't going to take Trout. Were you? Th- I, I mean, Willie Mays is better than Trout. Willie Mays is better than Trout for sure. But honestly, like, I would, I you know, Trout may have been first on my board. No, I mean, and Trout also, you have to factor in that his career stats are not as impressive because he is still playing. But Trout, like, his his baseball page is ridiculous, but it's not, it's not Willie Mays. He's also not the defender that Willie Mays is, even though he is a fantastic defender. But, yeah, I mean, I think it's like, no, I mean, I, I, yeah. I, I probably would have been really amazed, to be honest. Yeah, you would. Yeah, you know, you that's kind of a tough one for me. But now your whole outfield is crossed off. So I have Babe all Ruth, of the outfielders Mays, to choose from. Ted Williams. All right. I might take a picture at this point. All right. Let's see who's available. Gibson is not. That is the only one. You've and you have to draft a relief pitcher for, like, your closer. Like, you can't draft a second starter and put him at your closer. Okay, okay. That's uh, There are only a few, so. There's four relief pitchers to win MVP. All right, I'm actually going to take a reliever right now. Wow, you've already taken a starter, so you can, you know. And I'm going to take Raleigh Fingers. Not my first guy off the board. Okay, well he's mine, so not my first guy off the board. Although he's an incredible, mu- he has an incredible mustache. He oh, his gotta give him oh, impeccable. one of the <laughs> if not the best mustache in baseball history. It, yeah, it, it's up there. It is, um, let's see. Let me look at his reference page real quick. Raleigh Fingers, where is he? Oh, he better pop up. There he is. All right, 1968 to 1985, which is a ridiculously long career. Yeah. Um, 2-9 career ERA. Although, I don't, uh, I think really over almost 2,000. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah, I mean, that's a little bit. I mean, Let's see. His fifth was consistently in the twos, except for like the last few years of his career. He's a great player, great player. Like, you know, he he's one of the best. I mean, saves. One of the best. He had he, he had like thirty seven saves one year. So yeah, I I I, I, I like that pick. Raleigh, That's a good pick. That's Raleigh a good pick. Is, is is my reliever? He's my reliever. Man. Okay, I'm um. All right. So we have what? We have only like we have a couple picks of picks left. left. We have a couple of picks left, yes. All right. Okay, I'm starting to sweat a little bit, starting to get nervous here, but I think with... Okay. Hmm. Now, someone just came into my mind. I just got to make sure that he won in MVP quickly. Yeah, you, you could look that up. So give me one second. He's won in MVP. Okay. And he would be my, he would be my, um, oh, but do I want him over the other guy? Okay. <laughs> now he would be, now, now he would be my DH here. Okay. So DH, I can just pick, do, I, I'm just going to pick like someone from any position, right? Okay. Okay. Now I'm just comparing these two guys. Oh. 
One of them has a higher career war by over 40, which is a lot, right? What position are you looking at? They're both center fielders, but one of them. So is this going to be your DH? Yeah, I'm going to put him at DH. Okie doke. Okay, so player A has a higher OPS plus, a higher OPS, and more career home runs. But the other player has a higher batting average. Uh, more RBIs, more hits, a higher career war by 40, and a higher on-base percentage. And, yeah, I'm going to have to go with Ty Cobb. Yeah, that is that is fair. He has a career war of 151, and he has 4,189 hits. All right. Now, Jack. Yes. I want to say that you have not drafted Mickey Mantle. Yes. You you have? I have not. All right. I'm taking him. Okay. He was the other player I was debating between. And I think Ty Cobb, if you look at the stats, is a clearly better player than Mickey Mantle. Yeah, but M- Mickey Mantle. It's not a bad pick, but it's not my pick. You know, like, like it's I, not bad. I, but like, I, you'll get I, there I, one I day. Have to look- hmm? You'll get there one day, kid. You'll get there one day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mickey Mantle. Uh, where am I? I'm putting him in center field, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so I'll probably I'll probably have Trout as, uh, when I draft him. He'll probably be my DH. Right field, I'm still undecided. I'm pretty certain I want to get Harper. That 20, I mean, but, uh, you know, that's the thing. Because you look at his, the MVP year, and it's one of the best. But you look at his career, and, like, I'd take a lot of guys over him. I don't even uh, think, like... Like, I think that would be, you know, I don't know why I'm helping you out. If you drafted Harper, I think I automatically win. We'll like, see. automatically win. Like, Harper's a great player. Yeah, I mean, but, I mean there are plenty. I mean, and his MVP year was crazy. But, yeah, but, I mean, that's the thing. We're going, yeah. if we're going off of not, like, just, like, career-wise, then no way. No way. Oh, my God. He had a 460 on base percentage. That's ridiculous. He had a 198 OPS plus in his MVP year. I mean, that, that was one of the best MVPs. Yeah. Okay. It's my it's my pick, right? It's your pick. I'm going to go with – okay, so I still have relief pitcher. I still need a third baseman. I still need a shortstop. I still need a second baseman, and I still need a catcher. Oh, oh. I Dude, dude. All right. I, I know who I'm going to draft next if you give me the chance. And you're going to put him at DH. No. You're not going to put him at DH. No, I'm going to put him somewhere else that is in my... Uh, that what is positions do you still have available? I, what, I, what I have taken is left field, shortstop, catcher, first base, reliever, center fielder. Okay. Now, I'm thinking you might screw me over and draft a second catcher and put him at DH just to – um. No, I, there are no other catchers. I'm, I, I mean, I'm int- – no other catchers I'm like really – Second base, I am pretty confident in my second base. I have two confident picks, so – There aren't many second base. That might be one of the thinnest positions here. But there's still like – There are still some good ones for sure. Okay. There are only like eight. Yeah, no, you're right. I have to draft a second baseman. I'm going to take um, – hmm, who do I have on my board? Okay, I'm going to take Rogers Horn, Roger Hornsby. All right, I'm taking Jackie Robinson, man. That's fine. 
Jackie Robinson. Uh, now, you know, the Utah Cornsby Robinson was a no brainer for me. I mean, or I, I was thinking Robinson before that. I mean, he's that who's the guy that you said an above try, average. I take him. Is that it, is that it was gonna be it was gonna be Jackie Robinson? Okay, yeah. Because I mean, when you look at him, he got on base a lot, forty percent of the time. Great OPS, you know, pretty good power, and man, base. He's one of the best base runners. I mean, those first few years of his career, base running wise, really impressive. So, uh, nineteen forty nine MVP, and obviously, I mean, you know, the first African American player in baseball history. That's amazing. So. Um, he is, he's on my team and that's cool. All right. Uh, your pick. My pick. I only have a few positions that are vacant. Okay. I'm going to take my third baseman. Cause I don't think you've drafted a third baseman yet. I'm going to take, have... have you? I'm not taking a third baseman. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to take Mike Schmidt. All right. I mean, I was debating between him and one other player, but I think Mike Schmidt is is the best third baseman of all time. All right, let's see. Yeah. Do, 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 This is tough. Third base is tough from here on out. I think there's only I think there's one option. I think there's one option. I I think if you don't choose this player, I win the draft. I'm taking no. I'm not. I'm not taking Chris Bryant. I'm joking. I'm joking. You uh, said it. You um, said it. No. Um. No. I'm joking, everyone. Um. Well, gee, I I think I gotta take Miggy, right? Miguel Cabrera. That is not. I think I just won the draft. I think I just won the draft. Now, Miguel Cabrera. A Rod. I, mean, I was. I don't think A. Rod is the guy I was thinking of. He's not. I mean, unless, unless I'm like missing people on my I list. I think you're missing someone. Who's on your list? Read off to me your list. Let's see. I got Bob Elliott, Ken Boyer, Joe Tor, Mike Schmidt, who you took to won it like three times. <laughs> um, Chipper Jones, Chris Bryant. Uh, Chipper Jones, I thought of. Uh, Josh Donaldson, which no. Miguel Cabrera won it a few times. A. Rod. George Brett, who, I mean, maybe that's who you're thinking of. Okay, yeah, that's who I was thinking of. But now that I'm looking at their baseball reference, yeah, Miguel. I mean, Miguel Cabrera has a significantly lower war than George Brett. And I know he's not playing, but he's still never going to catch him in war. But in pretty much everything else, yeah, I mean, that is the right pick. I don't know. Miguel, I mean, dude, the MVP season, let's take that into account. The 2013 one, triple crown. Yeah, no, um, it's ridiculous. He's one of the few guys to do that. So Miguel Cabrera is going to be playing third base. and Although... I could switch him as Can you guess? Time. Can you guess how many career stolen bases that Miguel Cabrera has? I think it's actually decently high because he used to be kind of like he did he wasn't always a big boy like he is now. Okay, what what would you guess? A hundred something. Thirty-nine. Okay, not many. Just and guess how many he's had this past season in twenty twenty. Zero. No way he had a basalt. He one, made one. He has one. One stolen base. I was like, uh, yeah, no way he had more than one. Okay, <laughs> so boy. Now right, so with I, have, my next I have my whole infield. I have a catcher. I'm missing one outfielder. I'm missing my okay. So we only have a few. Okay, more I players. need a relief pitcher. Um, yeah. So I need a relief pitcher, a shortstop, and a catcher. And I'm gonna um, 
Okay, I'm going to think for a second. There's – okay. I, I, I think I'm going to draft a shortstop now. And I'm, I'm debating between a couple. Okay. Now, I'm just going to lay it out. I don't know why my list says Jose Altuve is a shortstop. <laughs> I, I don't know what that's all about, but. Okay. Oh. Now, if we're just going based off of war, there are some guys that Rob, uh, I mean, Cal Ripken Jr., I think comes to mind is a, a guy who I'm thinking of. Alex Rodriguez is another guy. I think Alex Rodriguez might be the pick. He's been, I mean, oh, but Cal Ripken Jr. Got it. Why couldn't Honus Wagner just win an MVP? Okay. Um, I feel like this, I mean, this episode's getting pretty long. Okay, okay, I'll make a pick. I'm going to go Cal Ripken Jr. Cal Ripken, okay. I'm going to go Cal Ripken Jr. All right, I need a pitcher. Uh, or I. Mm. I need one more outfielder as well. Oh, uh, I'm going to take, let me just take a quick look here. Do, 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 um, do, 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 Yeah, I'm going to take, wait, let me just make sure I want to take this guy. Okay, let's keep it. Yeah, I gotta take. I gotta take Mike Trout. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think you would have been better served going for a more retro approach and old timers. But I mean, that's fair. Yeah, well, let, let, so I'm gonna draft. Gonna... I'm gonna draft that catcher, Roy Campanella. All right, fair enough. Fair so enough. we each have one pick left now. Wait, do we? Yeah, I just have DH, or I just have a relief pitcher. I, I have two more picks still. Oh, because I had the first pick, yeah. Yeah, so I'm putting Mike Trout in right field. Or I might, I, you know, who knows how I'll do that, but um, let's see. I need a pitcher here. Yeah, do you need a pitcher? But pitcher, I'm not pitcher, I'm not a belly itcher. I'm taking a uh, outfielder first, or someone who can hit. Honestly, just anyone. Did you take Pujols? I did not take Pujols, but are you going to put Pujols in the outfield? No, he's going to be my DH. Oh, okay. I'm taking Pujols. I mean, what, three-time MVP? Yes, sir. Okay, I'm going to take... I'm going to take so Willie Hernandez. Ball. All right, and pitcher, last pick of the draft. I'm pretty sure I'm going to go with... Uh, let's let me just check here. Some options. How many pitchers have won MVP? Not too many. If you take who I think you're going to take, it's going to be a grave mistake. That's all I'm going to say. Do, 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 do. I mean, I, I'm going with Clayton Kershaw. That is a grave mistake. I don't think that is. I think you're. I wrong. think there were better options. Who? Who? Sandy who? Koufax. Sandy Koufax. Why isn't he on my list? <laughs> Sandy Koufax, I mean, I'm pretty sure he won an MVP. Let me double check that. But okay, uh, let's, Sandy let's Koufax is not on my list. Sandy Koufax has won an MVP. All right. Well, he wasn't. What year? He won the MVP in 1963. Well, I must have missed that. But I, I you know, I'm still fine with Kershaw. I'm okay. Okay. Let, let's rank the teams now. We're, uh, okay. Your catcher is 
Johnny Bench. I'd give him the edge over my catcher, Roy Kemp in yellow. That's one nothing you. Okay. Who's your first baseman? Thomas. Frank Thomas. I think Lou Gehrig is better. Would you agree with that, or are we going to have well, to argue? What's his OPS plus? Let's see. I am pulling up Lou Gehrig's OPS plus. What, what's Frank Thomas's OPS plus? Insane. What is it? Frank Thomas has an OPS plus of 156. Lou Gehrig's OPS oh, yeah. plus Lou Gehrig, yeah. is 179. You're giving that to me. Thank you very much. Now, who's your second baseman? Jackie Robinson. Okay. Jackie Robinson. Now, Sammy, I have to just, I think you have to give it to me here with Roger Hornsby. Roger Hornsby has an OPS plus of 175 compared to Jackie Robinson's 132. Jackie Robinson has a career war of 61 versus Roger Hornsby's 127. Jackie Robinson has 137 career home runs compared to Roger Hornsby's 301. Jackie Robinson also has a lower on-base percentage, a lower slugging percentage, and a lower OPS. So I think that's two on me. All right. Now, moving on to your next player. Who is your third – or who's your shortstop? Ernie Banks. I'll give you Ernie Banks over Cal Ripken yeah, Jr. 2-2. Two, 2-2. Two. Two, two. Uh, I will argue Mike Schmidt all day. I think you got to give that to me. I'll give that to you. Yeah. I think you do. If you look yeah, at the stats, I think you do. Now, moving on to left field, I think my left center right, I honestly think you have to give all three of them to me. I don't think uh, – I'll give you left. I'll give you left. But I think you have to give me center and right. I do. All right. Who are they? Uh, Willie Mays and Bay Birch. <sighs> yeah, you can't beat that. Mine is – let's see. I have Trout, Mantle, and Barry Bonds. You can't – Barry Bonds versus Ted Williams. I'll give you Barry Bonds. Barry right. Bonds wins. God, that's like one of the only players that would be better than Tim Williams. Yeah. Okay, so so what's that? 5-2 me? 3. 5-3. Three. Five, three. Or 5-3. Yeah, you're right. Okay, Um. now moving on to DH. Who's your DH again? Pujols. Pujols. All right, I'll give you DH with Mickey Mantle. So that's 5-4. Relief Pujols at DH, but... Or, or Pujols. So relief pitcher, I'll give you... I'll give you Riley Fingers over, uh, over Willie Hernandez to tie it up. But I think you got to give me the edge with Bob Gibson over Clayton Kershaw. Yeah. So pretty even. Maybe pretty maybe. even. Maybe my team slightly edges out yours, but I think we both did a good job drafting teams. Now, moving on to a more current day situation, the NL West preview and predictions. Sammy, this might be the easiest division to predict ever, but we're going to start yeah, off. Knows, I, you know, uh, third and fourth place are a little tricky, but let's start with fifth place and the. Uh, in my opinion, pretty abysmal Colorado Rockies. They are not good. Herman Marquez is one of their better all-time pitchers, believe it or not. Coors he Field is. is not a fun place to pitch. But um, besides that, your bullpen is not good. Daniel Bard is your closer. That is not a good situation. And offensively, you traded away your best player. Um, they're just kind of a disaster of a franchise at this point. Uh, Blackman's not really good anymore. He's a horrible defender. Trevor Story is your only really remarkable offensive piece. And I have them winning only 58 games. This is one of the worst teams in baseball. And um, it's going to be brutal in this division for them. They are going to get beat up on by these top two teams. It is going to be brutal. And also, there's no way that they don't trade Trevor Story. I think that he's going to get... He's going to get traded pretty 
quickly. And because he's going to be a free agent. Yeah, he's going to be a free agent at the end of the year. So I have the Rockies going 61 and 100. I have them with a little bit more wins, but I think that, you know, they're just going to, they're going to be abysmal. And Sammy, in my fourth place team, I have the Arizona Diamondbacks going 73 and 90. You know, I have fourth and third very tight. However, I just think the Diamondbacks are lineup. They have Cattell Marte, and they might have one or two other guys, but their lineup is super shallow. And and, and Madison Bumgarner is your number one or two. He's a guy who I don't fully trust injury wise and just performance wise. So I have them. Yeah. I have them in fourth place. Yeah, I'm mostly in agreement. A pretty thin uh, pitching staff for sure. Zach Gallen, I like. Uh, Merrill Kelly, I like. Um, but not a lot of additions this offseason. Um, Cattell Marte, I really like. He's fun to watch. Eduardo Escobar, underrated. Nick Ahmed, underrated. A lot of underrated guys in this offense, for sure. Calhoun's been underrated for a while. Still producing at a pretty high level. Walker hits the ball very hard, but your pitching staff hurts this team. And in this division, you got to have a good pitching staff to win games. Only 73 wins in fourth place for the Diamondbacks. And in third place, I have the Giants. Kind of a similar situation, but um, I think this is a team with pretty high upside. I like what I'm seeing from Yastrzemski. He's one of my favorite young players in the game. Um, they added Alex Wood this offseason to fill up that back end. I think he has pretty high upside. So, you know, I like the Giants. Uh, they're a good team. They have a lot of young talent. Um, but at this point in this division, they're not going to be scraping 500. I have them with 74 wins. Yeah, I have the Giants with 75 wins going 75 and 88. So it's really a toss-up between third and fourth place. I think either spot are fine. I don't think you can argue that much between mine or your picks here. Yeah, definitely. And uh, second place, um, this is where it gets tricky, top two spots. But I have the San Diego Padres. I mean, there isn't I mean, too much to say. I mean, there's a lot to say, but I mean, there isn't too much to complain about, I should say, with this team. They have been getting better. Um, year after year. Last year was a fun year. They got swept in the playoffs, but they're finally ready to make a deep run. You extend Tatis, you bring in Snell and Darvish, who are going to be incredible. Very excited to watch what happens with this team. I mean, they're deep um, offensively and pitching-wise, so I'm very excited to see what happens with the Padres. And how many wins do you have them at? 97 wins. 97 wins. And I think... With the Padres and the Dodgers, the last two teams, it, I think the most impressive thing about both teams are their starting rotation. I think both teams' starting pitching rotation is just so good and so deep. It's yeah, I didn't really even talk about Nelson Lamette or Chris Nelson Lamette, Chris Paddock. And so I have the Padres with 95 wins, going 95 and 67 in second place. I don't think you can complain with that. And then this is a very non-arguable division here. And in first place, Sammy, I have – the Los Angeles Dodgers going 162. Oh, yeah. 162? 162. 162, oh. <laughs> yeah, 162 okay. losses. I have the Dodgers with 107 wins. This is a good team. And a lot of dubs. I mapped, out. Dubs. I mapped it out, and this is possible, um, winning this many games. I think they're going to beat up on these bad teams and be about even with the Padres. But, man. What a good team this is. You only lose a few minor pieces, example, Kike Hernandez, but you bring in Trevor Bauer to flesh out. T-Bubs. That's, that's a good nickname for him, T-Bubs. 
yeah, but I mean, this this is a team. I mean, you you get Turner back. Mookie Betts is going to be incredible again. One of my favorite players in the game right now. An existential talent. You're talented all around the field with Bellinger, Muncie, Will Smith. Had an incredible year last year. Love Will Smith, um, which there are now two of in the league. So um, the catcher Will Smith, I should specify, but this Dodgers team is insanely ridiculous. Pretty Kenley good. Jansen pretty, pretty is good. still pretty good. Kenley Jansen, I was looking at his stats the other day, is still very good. This is a, a good bullpen. This is a great offense, a great pitching rotation. You can argue, maybe not the bullpen, but you can argue that they have, you know, the best rotation and best offense in baseball. This is this could be a historically good team, and I would not be surprised to see them repeat 107 wins. But Jack, that does it. You know, I lied, Sammy. I said that we're going to get to the basketball. We're not going to really get into basketball today. Yeah, but we're time. don't worry. You guys can check out Jack's Daily Dose of Sports for all your basketball needs later on. All right, so yeah, I uh, another fun episode. Obviously, spent a lot of time on our draft, but that was you know definitely fun to do. I'll be we'll be posting a graphic on that later this week. So hope you like the episode. Thank you for tuning in. Peace. Bye, guys. Mm-hmm.